You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. AFC Sparky, Fiber, 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, along with our guy, Bucks superfan, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me uh, at Sparky Radio. We do this twice a week, record on Tuesday and Thursday nights normally. Uh, and in fact, coming up this Thursday night, uh, prior to the Bucks playing in LA, we're going to have Eric Name on the show from The Athletic, who covers the Milwaukee Bucks. Looking forward to talking to Eric coming up on Thursday night. And then you can download the podcast every Wednesday and Friday morning. Uh, during the course of the week. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty fun show, pretty fun listen to. I listen to it from time to time myself just to see how good or bad we sound. I think we sound pretty good. Uh, however, I have a bone to pick with Marzion here to start off the show. We're going to get into the latest trade package offer for Jay Crowder. We're going to get into uh, Chris Middleton and how well he's been playing uh, coming off of the bench and how much better this Bucks team looks or doesn't look since Chris Middleton has come back. And we're going to get into... Uh, LeBron James possibly being uh, in a position to break Jabbar's scoring record uh, in Milwaukee uh, and whether or not either one of us actually wants that to occur. Before we get to all those fun topics. So we did this last podcast on Thursday, like I said. Marzian, not at any point last week, on or off the air, did Marzian ever say anything about yeah, man, me and my boys are going to Indy, man. We're going to go see the Bucks pacers game. Never brought it up on the podcast, never brought it up off the air. Now, this is similar to Marzian going to Minneapolis the last time and not saying anything and me finding out on Twitter. So this is the second time now it happened. Now, I will say this. This one hurts more than the first one because the first one, we were still new in our relationship. It wasn't a big deal. This one hurts more because... I'm a Colts fan, right? Colts and Packer fan. He's going to Indianapolis where you can buy Colts stuff. So if I knew Marzian was going, I could have gave him some money and be like, dude, hey, man, I really want this Colts jersey. Can you stop and grab a Colts jersey for me? Or, hey, dude, can you get a Colts polo for me real quick at the Colts Pro Shop since they're going down to Indy? Or whatever the case may be, right? You know, that's what we do, right? We help each other out. Nope. Once again, I find out about the trip to Indianapolis. I have questions. First question. Was it the same dudes on this road trip as on the last road trip? Uh, yes, minus one guy. Plus, I for just for the record, I didn't know you were a Colts fan, and I so I, well, if, if you I knew never listened to SSP and shame on you for not knowing that you shouldn't have known that, but now you know. So the next time you pull this, you'll know. Okay, so not everybody went. Was the one guy that didn't go the dude that was wearing a tie the last time? No, he was there. He was there. He didn't wear a tie again, did he? No. Thank God. Okay, good. But it was still it was still a business trip, and we still got the dub. And uh, I don't know. I I'm sorry for not bringing it up, but I'll, at the same time, I'm not really sure how to bring it up without just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to the game. Like I'm so cool. I'm going to the Bucks yeah, Facebook. man. It's a like, Bucks podcast. Just, I, how many people listen to this podcast? Do you think have ever been to that arena in Indianapolis? 
I would probably guess ninety nine percent of the people have never been to that arena in Indianapolis. Yeah, I've but never been. I've been on the outside, but I've never seen a game there. I also don't think people care that much if I'm going. So it's like uh, you're misreading the room. No, we all care that you're going. We all care because now you're going to give us a report on what it's like. So yeah, I will. You were in Minneapolis. You've been out to Brooklyn, and you've been all over the place. So how does that arena? kind of shape up down there in Indy compared to some of the other arenas you've been to? It's definitely, it's definitely underrated. And I think it's, it's up there among the better ones I've been to. I haven't been to, I mean, again, I haven't been to that many. Like I'm sure there's plenty of people that have been to more than me. I've only really been to, I've been to Bucks. Um, I've been to Celtics, Nets, Timberwolves, and now Pacers. That's and, a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a decent amount, but um, it's definitely up there. I think, people were kind of telling me that it's kind of underrated. They did some renovations recently and I definitely thought it was really nice. I thought it was, you know, and again, for an arena that's not talked about as anything nice or like, you know, I feel like nobody's going to mention that among the nicer arenas. I definitely thought it was cool. And it was a different vibe compared to the other ones I've been to. I think the, it's got more of a coal center feel to it. Where yes. The lower level is very small. It's like not very, not many rows on the lower level. Then there's a middle row. And then there's an upper row and it kind of goes straight up and it feels like it feels small, but at the same time, it's not. It's that field and, house. That's what it's supposed to feel like, I guess. Yeah. That's how they designed it. Right. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the feel I got from it. And, um, but I definitely liked it a lot. And Indy was a, we went out in Indy after the game and um, similar vibes to Milwaukee. I feel like where it's like a smaller ish city, but you kind of has the bigger city feel to it a little mm -hmm. bit and you can still have a ton of fun. And um, so I definitely liked it. I love Indy. It's 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 one of my favorite towns in this country. I've been there probably oh, 20, 30 times, something like that in my life for Colts games and whatever else the case may be. NFL Draft Combine is there, so I used to go down there every year for the NFL Draft Combine uh, as well. Uh, my old uh, producer for Bill Michaels show, Matt Regatius, he lives just outside of Indy, so if we go see him, we'll go to Indy as well. Okay, so people, fans that you were dealing with, you know, we just saw this, uh, thing with uh, Bosa's brother uh, from the Chargers who was getting berated by all these Philly fans uh, uh, when at the Niner Philly game. Philly fans are completely on their own different level of rudeness. How were the fans, Pacer fans, treating you, Bucks fans, rolling into their arena? They were they were cool. There was no issues. Um, they like we didn't. We're not riling anyone up. We're not like we're just cheering for the Bucks and we're kind of like we were talking to people respectfully. There was one guy in front of me. That was actually a Packers fan. So we talked to him about the Packers. Oh, nice. Um, and he was like, he had his Pacers stuff on. So he must have been a Pacers and Packers fan. But um, yeah, so then there were a lot of Bucks fans too, which like we kind of, you know, again, we kind of gravitate more towards those people rather than like, we're not just trying to like go talk crap to Pacers fans or the opposing right, fans. Right, right, right. We, we, we go see other people who are Bucks fans and like, oh, are you, you know, from Milwaukee or whatever? And, um, you know, after the game, again, we went out to like the bars and stuff and plenty of Bucks fans and plenty of people that, from Indy that like the Bucks, or from you know near Wisconsin that like the Bucks. You guys whatever. go anywhere nice to eat down there, man? They got Elmo's Steakhouse down there, Ocean Air. That seafood restaurant is amazing. Been there no, before. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere nice to eat. We we got there pretty. We didn't have a ton of time, so we got there Friday night, and then the game was in like an hour. So we quickly got ready, Ubered to the game, and then I don't know we. We ended up eating basically. I think we ate stadium food. No, we didn't even eat at the stadium. Well, my friends did. My friends ate at the stadium. I ended up eating 
a hot dog on the side of the street when I was super drunk at like 1 a.m. So I'm shocked. Yeah, you were so drunk one night. You put out a confidence poll. Instead of putting drunk, you put drink. Uh, D-R-I-N-K versus D-R-U-N-K. But you you were trying to say that you were drunk, so it made all the sense in the world, and I laughed. Uh, okay, Marzian, I have uh, another question for you. Back in the day, when Bogut started his little cheer section, Squad 6, uh, soon thereafter, Roy Hibbert started his fan section uh, in Indianapolis um, for Pacers games, or so they said. The Bucks fan session, fan section has been changed titles a hundred times since then, but there still is a fan section going on where they chant and go crazy and do their stupid stuff uh, that they do. It's not stupid, but they've been doing it forever. They they don't need it anymore. I'm impressed that the Bucks have kept it. Indiana, do they still have that fan section going like Milwaukee does? I didn't notice it until there was one. There was one point where I looked up to my left. Cause we were in the lower, we were like top of the lower level. And I looked up and in the second level, there were people like, there were a bunch of people like that were standing up in the middle of like the game. And I'm like, there's no way those are just casual fans standing up. So like, maybe that's what was going on there. And I didn't, but I didn't from a like hearing them standpoint. No, like I didn't notice it. Nothing like, stood out. No. Whereas when you go to the bucks game, like you hear those, like yes. they're chanting and stuff and you, you know, that's going on, but I didn't, I didn't notice it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and again, when you're, I'm just going to clarify this when you're bad, that type of idea in that section is brilliant. When you're really good, it makes no sense to have those fans because you're taking up paying seats that somebody would pay a lot of money for, uh, depending on wherever you are, families, corporations, whatever to go to games. And now that's why I say the bucks very well could have just said, we're done with this. It's been real. We have Giannis. We're, we're a contender every year. Now we don't need you. But I think it's smart mainly because once Giannis is done, whatever that is, you're going to need those fans again. Do you like those fans when you go to the game? Yeah, no, I, I have no problem with it. Like, I'm – some people are very, like, if you're – I'm again, I'm not trying to say these people are casual fans, but if you're not – if you're not, like, super into the game and more just there to, like, have a decent time and kind of, like, as a as an event, right. you might not enjoy it if you're sitting around them because it's just – it's loud and, you know, that stuff. But for me, like, someone who's always into the game and it's, like, I don't care about that. Like, I don't care if people are chanting or – making noise and whatever it was pretty cool like i want to say so the second or third year of squad six i got to be a judge i got to help pick who's actually going to be in squad six that year along with bogut and a couple other people um and that was a pretty cool time when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, topics on hand. Marzian has the package that is being rumored to be offered uh, for Jay Crowder. Uh, would you be okay with the latest package reportedly being offered for Crowder? Crowder, who was just in Milwaukee uh, and hanging out with Shaka Smart and Marquette um, and hanging out with the Bucks and so forth. So he was here. The Bucks are the only team that uh, has been allowed to talk to Crowder. Uh, and for Crowder to kind of feel out whether or not he actually wants to be here or not, I guess. I think this would mean a trade is probably close. That's how I read the room. Marzian, what is the latest trade package for Jay Crowder? So the package that they're saying, it, like that the Bucks have kind of offered right now, is George Hill, Jordan Wara, 
Serge Ibaka in a second or second round compensation. So maybe a couple of seconds. And I'm more than okay with this. If we can get him without having to give up grace and really have without having to give up anything that's super meaningful to uh, to us this year, I'm all for it. I think, you know, giving up Grayson for him, like that's a little bit more of, okay, you're, you know, trading something that, you know, hit the shooting for defense. But like in this case, you're not really giving up much from the Bucks standpoint. Like, and I think it's also a pretty smart trade from the Sun standpoint because you're getting, you know, some players and picks back for a guy that is probably going to leave you in a few months anyways, not going to play for you this year. You're not going to get anything else from him for your team. So you might as well trade him for, you know, whoever wants him. And so the Bucks are one of the, I think the few teams that really want to try to bring him in and um, could use him a contender that could use him. And so I think this is going to end up being the deal. I I've kind of thought for a couple of weeks now that like this kind of feels inevitable that this will be, what goes down is, you know, that that package will get Jay Crowder. And I'm definitely all for it. I think it gives us more size on the wing, which we definitely need. He can kind of be our P.J. Tucker from 2021, a guy that can you can put on, you know, another team, one of their best players. And he can, you know, he's not going to be a, a completely locked down defender. He's, you know, he's older. He's not the, the fastest guy, but he's got the strength to at least hang with those guys and p- give you, 25 30 35 minutes in a playoff game against one of the better you know offensive players on the other team and really just hold his own and that way you can save Chris you can save Giannis for offense they don't have to do a ton of the heavy lifting defensively and I mean even offensively he probably won't give you a ton but he can hit the occasional threes and I mean I I just I love it for for the size on the wing that he gives you and just being able to take pressure off of other guys to have to, you know, possibly put in that spot because Grayson can't play in that spot consistently. And Pat maybe could play like more consistently in that spot than Grayson at that two spot and defend better than Grayson can. But again, I don't want to have to be relying on that in the playoffs. You want to get someone else in here who can do it more consistently, has the experience and you just trust more. And I think Jay Crowder is definitely that guy. We had uh, our guy, uh, Marcus Johnson on, uh, what was it last week? And go back, listen to the Green Growing podcast if you missed it. Uh, and he kind of hinted at Jay Crowder being that guy without saying Jay Crowder's name, kind of listed out all of his traits and said they need a guy like that. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, and obviously it was Jay Crowder. This is where I'm at on this. So if this is going to be the deal, and we don't know, but if this is going to be the deal, they are, have committed to redoing their bench. Like, because now you're talking about one guy and you're giving up several guys. So you're not just not going to replace those bodies. You're going to replace those bodies. So either A, that means Grayson's going in another deal for maybe a couple of guys that we don't know about to kind of offset this, or B, they plan on being active in the buyout market and adding guys that way in the buyout market, a couple more veteran pieces to this bench to replace what they're giving up. Now, I think most Bucks fans go, okay, if they make this deal, then Javon definitely gets, you know, the majority of run behind uh, Drew Holiday. I think every Bucks fan is fine with that. And it also should mean that the minutes that Wara was getting should be opened up to Marjan Bocham now, which everybody wants to see play. Um, so I think Bucks fans are okay with that. Not that he'll play in the playoffs, but for the rest of the regular season, maybe he'll get uh, some uh, additional run until they get, they get those veterans in. I look at it and say, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fine moving on from George Hill. I think Jordan Wara might end up doing something someday, but I'm okay moving on from Jordan Wara at this point. You're trying to win a title. 
So I'm fine with that. Abaka obviously doesn't want to be here. They're not playing him. So I'm, I'm fine with that as well. So second round picks don't care. So I'm good with the deal itself uh, looking at it. And I like Jay Crowder. I like Jay Crowder from the physical standpoint. I like Jay Crowder from the leadership standpoint, the toughness standpoint, uh, the locker room standpoint. Like there, it's all of that in part of it too is Jay's gone up against and dealt with Giannis and this Bucks team in Middleton for so long. Like he can literally just walk in the locker room and go, listen, y'all, this is how, you know, a lot of these guys game plan you. This is how Miami wanted to take you out of games. And, and I'm sure the Bucks know this already, but he can kind of give an even more insight into the mindset of why they attacked the Bucks these different ways and how they have to overcome and, uh, and, and go at and attack guys in a different way. I, I think the, the brain that comes along with Jay Crowder and the experience is almost as valuable as what you get from Jay Crowder uh, on the floor. So I'm all for making this move, but I almost am willing to guarantee that there's going to be another move to go with it. I would be shocked if they'd ended up keeping Grayson Allen at the trade deadline. If they only do this move and they don't make another move, I really would be surprised, Nathan. So I'm not so – I, I mean, I kind of said in my tweet earlier, I think it was yesterday or the day before, where these rumors came out. And if they do get Crowder, I wouldn't be shocked if they do keep Grayson then because – that basically reduces Grayson's role, which is what at least needed to happen. You couldn't have Grayson being like your two guard and the guy that you're relying on late in games and for 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. Like that can't happen. But I think Grayson's fine if you kind of maybe cut his role in half and you put, okay, we now have Jay Crowder who can play late, be our, you know, our put in there and, and have a five guys out there that can defend and they can't pick on anyone. And, um, you know, he can kind of do the heavy lifting there, but Grayson can kind of come off the bench, be a little bit more like he's more playable than Bryn Forbes was, but like be more closer to like a Bryn Forbes role of you're going to just come off the bench and, you know, be more of like, if you're getting hot from three, we'll keep you in there for a little bit. If not, we might just take you out and you're not going to, but that's what they need to do. Like they need to be able to have that flexibility with Grayson. Cause he, he's not going to consistently be, playable and be good there's gonna be times he's getting killed and you know against Boston those guys and I like Grayson but there will be times he's getting killed and you have to have the luxury of being able to take him out and now that they do you know if this trade goes through it if they do have that luxury of like other guys to put over him and you know you can kind of just reduce his role then I think you're okay and you can still just use him for like a shooter off the bench and you know whatever and so that's where I'm at with it I, I still I still would not mind at all if they do trade Grayson and try to upgrade that. But if you can get a guy who I think is an upgrade over Grayson without giving up Grayson, because Grayson is at least, you know, a solid player. That's a huge win for me because I was kind of expecting if we get anyone who's a playoff caliber player, we're going to have to at least give up Grayson Allen. Who's, you know, solid because I didn't think we'd, I mean, it helps that Crowder held out and they have, you know, the Suns basically have no leverage now that we can get, a player like that for without really giving up anything that's going to, you know, we're going to use in the playoffs. We're getting a playoff caliber player and not giving up anything that's playoff caliber. So that is a huge win to me. And so if they do keep grace and I do understand it now, um, if they, you know, if, if they just kept it the way it is, didn't make the Crowder move and then kept grace. And I'd be very shocked because you're then again, going into it saying, okay, we're going to have to rely on grace now and not what I want to do. And if they do make this trade, I do think that they go after, I'm getting a guess Will Barton on the buyout market. He's yes, kind of the guy sure. that I've I've had my eyes on. If they're um, gonna go, gonna go after someone, I think he's probably the guy. 
Yep, 1,000% agree with you. Will Barty makes all the sense in the world. Just think about it, man. From last year to this year, you've added Joe Ingles, a vet that's been in the playoff battles, could hit the big clutch shot. Now you possibly are going to add Jay Crowder, another physical vet that's been in the battles, been able to hit big clutch shots. And you're talking about having Middleton, Holiday, Giannis on the floor, and possibly those other two guys, if you're playing small in end-of-game scenarios, that, that gives you some options here. I mean, I, I, I just... I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, he's got to stay healthy. We don't know what type of shape Jay Crowder is in, right? Jay Crowder may be in fine physical shape, but that's not NBA shape. So then, how many games does he have to play with a herd before he's ready to get up and get going and playing? The good news is this trade deadline's early February, so you don't need him in February at all. Really, you don't need him playing until probably March. So he can take three, four weeks, get himself in NBA shape, practice, do whatever he's got to do, play with a hurt a couple of games or whatever, and then ease his way back into this, almost like you're easing Middleton back uh, into this rotation. And speaking of Chris Middleton, let's move on to him. How much better do you feel about the Milwaukee Bucks with Chris Middleton back? This comes up because Nathan's life was threatened uh, because uh, he pretty much told everybody to screw off uh, that wasn't buying into Chris Middleton um, this entire time. And again, Milton isn't playing, you know, 35 minutes a night or nothing like that. They're taking their time with him, but you could see how much better this basketball team is with just his presence on the floor now, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, I always like, I never, you know, the question is how much better do you feel now that Chris Milton's back? And I do feel better, but I felt pretty good before. Like I was never panicked, freaking out. Cause it was always like, just wait till Chris is back. There's obviously it was frustrating. And there were times you were like, this isn't good. This offense sucks. And whatever but I always was kind of like once Chris comes back and I I fully believed he would come back and be close to at least his normal self I'm not saying he'll get all the way back but I mean early returns are that he probably will be very close if not all the way back and so to see him come back and right away be you know even in his limited minutes he's playing 15 minutes a night that's kind of his his cap but in those limited minutes he's looked completely fine to me like he's looked so much better than he did when he returned earlier this year. And so that definitely makes me feel better. Just knowing that, okay, we at least know that Chris can be, you know, basically that same player. It's not a guess of like, Oh, we're just hoping that, you know, he hasn't played in, you know, eight months, nine months. And we're hoping he can be that player. No, we actually are seeing that he can be that player. Still. He was amazing in that first half against the the Pacers. What did he have? Did he have 17 in the first half on, you know, it was in, in like, 11 minutes and the whole team played well against the facers yeah and so he was awesome in that game and i mean again it was something that i never really doubted too much i was just like he'll get back to himself the you know Giannis never seemed like he was worried about it when they talked about him you know he just was like chris will come back and we're gonna click and everything like i just got no sense of this is like supposed to be we should be freaking out about this and i think a lot of people did a lot of people were like he's going to need surgery and he's never going to be close to that. We need to trade him while we can. And I'm just like, guys, like it's not that, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm, you know, it's concerning that he's been out for a while and it, it, you would want him to be back earlier, but I mean, he's still Chris Middleton. He's still a good player and he's not a guy. I tweeted this out too. He's not a guy that needs athleticism and burst and needs all that to like be a good player. And so when he's playing after an injury, whereas some guys, if they do need that, and I mean, we'll we'll just use Giannis for an example. Like if Giannis, and I shouldn't even use him because he was amazing coming off of uh, 
a torn whatever he tore. In yeah, his but knee. I mean, you're more or less talking about guards that rely on their quickness to get to the rim and, and get out in transition. Yeah, like I'm. I mean, if it was if it was someone like that, where you're like they they need their athleticism and they rely on being athletic people and jumping and running fast and all that, then you'd be a little bit more concerned. Like they're not going to be the same player. But when you look at Chris Middleton, like that's not his game. He's always pretty slow. He's always kind of unathletic. He's not, he doesn't have any burst. He doesn't, and he's still good. Like he doesn't need that. He just needs to get to his spots. He needs to shoot the mid range and he needs to just be in rhythm. Yeah, that and, turnaround fadeaway jumper. That's yeah. money when he's rolling too. Man. And so, so to me, I'm like, I, I'm not super concerned. And it was the same with Brooke Lopez in the off season where people were concerned about that. I'm like, I mean, his game doesn't work. Like he can play off an injury. I feel like, cause his game never, you know, he doesn't need any of that athleticism and, and speed and any of that. Like he can kind of just do his thing, get to his spots and, and play his game and be completely fine. So I'm, I'm just happy that it's kind of confirmed that Chris is going to be, it looks like fine and he's playing very well. And again, like you said, there's a comfort factor. I think with Giannis and Drew, when he's on the floor, they know where he's going to be. They know he's going to be in the right spot. They know where he likes the ball on the floor. Like, you know, all of that. Right. And, as he continues to get more and more minutes, you're going to see this offense. I really feel like it's continue to get better and better and better uh, as we go here. And that is going to be a problem for the rest of the NBA. I'm here to tell you they're they are going to be a problem. The Boston Celtics don't look all that great to me. I mean, if you watch that Boston Lakers game, Lakers aren't that good. And that was a struggle that ended up going to overtime for them before they were able to finish that thing off. I, I just, I they really, yeah, they, they should have lost. Correct. They, I think the Bucs are in a position right now to be the best team going into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, provided they stay healthy now. Now, again, we're waiting on Bobby Portis to come back. Who knows how many weeks that's going to take? We'll ask Eric more about that on Thursday. We record that uh, Green and Growing podcast. Again, subscribe today. Follow us. Uh, that whole deal wherever you have uh, you download your favorite podcast. But when everybody is healthy, this offense is going to be a huge issue. And if you add a Crowder, like we were just talking about, and then maybe a Will Barton or somebody like that, a three and D type player uh, to this bench, all of a sudden, not only are you better, but you're much deeper. And now if somebody gets in foul trouble, you still have somebody that can score the basketball off of the bench and still play off of Giannis and still give you shooters. That was always the thing when you had Giannis was they need more shooters. They need more shooters. They need more shooters. And seemingly every year at the trade deadline, it's always the same thing for the Bucs. Get more shooters. Get more shooters. Can never have enough shooters. And that is kind of looks like what they're going to try and do here. Uh, and then if Middleton is right, his ability to knock down that three-point shot too is also a big deal as well, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is, and they've gotten red hot from three in the last month, basically. The month of January, they were incredible. Um, 41% over the last 12 games, and they were so bad for the first you know couple months, and people were so concerned about that. And it's like, these guys are still, you know, it's the same team that we saw top five in three-point shooting the last two years, like just, trust that they'll turn around. They're going to go through slumps. They'll go through another slump sometime this year where they can't hit a shot for a week or two. Um, but for sure, having Chris back, not only for, you know, his three point shooting himself and how good he is, he's arguably our best three point shooter, but also what he opens up for everyone else and just taking pressure off of Grace now and taking pressure off of Pat Connaughton, not force them to have to put the ball on the floor a ton. And just kind of like, he can be more of our shot creator. And obviously Giannis is going to be a shot creator and initiator and someone who draws a ton of attention. And then the other guys can kind of mostly just be in their role of like 
okay, stand here, hit a three, like boom, like that's right. And I know that doesn't, you know, people complain about oh the the spot up shooting is kind of harder to do a little bit than off the dribble because you're not as much in rhythm. You're kind of like, but it's like these guys, that's what they're that that's what they knew they were signing up for when they come to this team. That's what they practice because they know that's the shot they're gonna get is a three point shot off a pass from Giannis or maybe a pass from Chris or Drew or whatever. But like put them in those spots where they're meant to be and where you like you brought Grace Allen here to be a spot up three point shooter for the most part, not be a driver and like, you know, whatever he's he's else he's trying to do. And so finally they can kind of be put in those roles again for for a while. So hopefully, you know, and it looks like things will will get better offensively. Yeah, they're 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 going to be really good here. All right, last topic on green and growing. Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian, me at Sparky Radio. Again, we record these on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can download them Wednesday and Friday mornings once uh, you wake up. They load overnight, essentially. Uh, would you want to see LeBron James break the scoring record, beating Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, against the Bucks on February 9th, which also is the trade deadline, if I believe that is. I believe that's the same day. Uh, so I'll go first on this one because I saw Marzian's tweet. So I know where he's going. I don't have an issue with it, to be honest with you. Um, mainly because Jabbar didn't really set the scoring record with the Bucs. Um, won here long enough. Um, he did that really with the Lakers. That was much more of a Lakers record than it is really a Bucks record, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, so if he comes here, he sets the record, fine. Whatever. It, it, it happens, it happens. I, I'm totally fine with that. You know, you're going to get the spotlight on you coming into this game. If LeBron needs 15 points to break the scoring record or something like that, the spotlight will be on you. Uh, and, you know, it's not the same as it used to be back when I was a kid where you actually had paper tickets and you wanted a no-hitter to happen, even if it was against you, because that ticket would be worth something someday and you could tell everybody you were at it. You don't get that anymore because now it's all this digital crap. So you get nothing really to signify that you were there one way or the other. But having said that, I still think that's a pretty cool deal. Um, if LeBron breaks that record and you're in the house when it happens, man, I mean, you'll have that forever. That that That's a very cool memory. Even though it's happening against you, it's just by timing that it happens against you. could happen against anybody. And the, the coincidence that it happens against a guy that was drafted by the uh, – it happens – he breaks the scoring record against uh, against a guy that was drafted by the Bucks in Jabbar that didn't want to be in Milwaukee, demanded a trade, and all that stuff at the end, um, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. Again, that's a nice coincidence, too. I got no problem with it. He breaks in Milwaukee, great. And every one of you that go to that game will remember it for the rest of your lives. And the majority of us that are watching it on TV will remember for the rest of our lives where we were you know, when he broke the scoring record, uh, a scoring record that I think a lot of people thought would never get broke. And... LeBron is probably going to have his scoring record broke at some point in the future uh, as well. All right, Nathan Marzian, your turn. Well, first off, very important piece that you got wrong there is that the game is in L.A. It's not in Milwaukee. If it was in Milwaukee. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yep. If it was in Milwaukee, I could see people being like, I want to go to it and I want to be, you know, it happens in the city. I get that a little bit more. Yep. But also just, I don't want a guy breaking a record against my team. Like, I don't, I love Steph Curry. I wouldn't want him to set the three-point record against the Bucs. Like, no, do it the next game. Like, stop, like, shut him down and let him do it the next game. Well, a single I, game record is different than a career record. He no, breaks saying, a career three-point record against the Bucs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, for example. Like, as much as I love Curry, like, I don't want to be the game that he sh- breaks the record. I want it to be against someone else. I don't want it to be against my team. And right. so, and it, I don't like LeBron, so that adds to it where, like, I don't want LeBron breaking the record against the Bucs. I don't want that happening. 
and it'll be cool and whatever. And they'll, you know, I, I just, I would love it if he needs 27 to get there going into that game and we hold him to like 23 and he's trying to get there and he can't do it. And the bucks win. And, you know, Giannis has a great game and everyone tunes into this game expecting this is going to be the game. LeBron's breaking the record. And instead Giannis goes off. We beat them. We shut him down and everyone has to wait till Saturday. I just, that's what I want. I don't want him breaking it against us personally. The, uh, the thing that comes into my mind is let's say that's the thing, right? Let's say he needs like 27 or something like that. And let's say it's a blowout. Bucks are killing him. Game's over. He's at like 23 and there's like three or four minutes left. I could bet you money they're going to let that dude roll to the hoop, oh. get his couple baskets, do what he's got to do, celebrate, stop the game, because it'll be over, and the Bucs won't care if he gets it out of at that point because it'll be a blowout. The other thing I would be curious about was, if you're Giannis, do you use it as a rallying cry before the game? We're not letting him get 27. Guys, he's not getting it against us. Let Anthony Davis score 50. That dude is not getting the scoring record against us tonight. Like, does it become a rallying cry for the defense of this team of we're not going to let him get it. We're going to double him. We're going to hammer him. He's not getting that number against us tonight. That would be interesting too, to see how that Bucks locker room would handle that going into that game. Yeah. So two things, number one, it's going to be assuming he needs anywhere less than like 35 points. It'll be a near impossible test to hold him to that because he's going to shoot. They're going to be feeding him the ball. He'll be shooting a ton to get there. Even if you're winning and like, He's just going to get his shots up and make like try to try to get there. And so it'll be very hard regardless. But number two, yeah, I mean, if I was a player, like I would hope they take it kind of not not personally, but just kind of take it like, no, we're not letting this happen tonight. Like we again, if if there's if he only needs 12 points, okay, fine. He's going to get it, whatever. Like let him get his thing and who cares? But if if they get to a point where it's like he needs to have a pretty big night to have it be like, no, like we're going to make this happen the next game and we're going to shut you down. And I would. I would hope that they kind of use it as a, a rallying cry and use it as a little bit of a motivation to stop him. Um, Cause I don't know. I just feel like everyone's kind of just taking this like, Oh, well it's cool. Like I, I want to see history. I'm yep. like, I don't want it like not against my team. I don't want to see history against my team. I want to like, he can do it the next night. And I like, whatever. I don't, I just, the league is probably going to try to make it happen that night because it's the bucks and Kareem was drafted there and it's on TNT. You know, he'll be that. in the building for it. It's in LA. Yeah. And so I just, I don't want to see it happen. I would just love for everyone to kind of be waiting for it to happen against the Bucks, and then it doesn't happen, and they have to wait another night. Because yeah, you know Jabbar will be in the building. They're yeah. going to have him there. If it's if he's got it, if LeBron's got a chance at it, Jabbar will be there. Jabbar will be doing interviews on TV or sitting with the TV crew, talking about everything and his time in Milwaukee and the Lakers and blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, I mean that would be a perfect night for Giannis to go off for fifty, hold LeBron to like fifteen or eighteen points and just kind of completely ruin the party. I, I would enjoy that too, but yeah, it doesn't. I guess it really doesn't bother me. Uh, all right, he is Nathan Marzian, Steve Sparky, if I forget, Eric Name of The Athletic, Bucks uh, beat writer. He will join us coming up on Thursday when we do the next podcast recording. Be able to download that on Friday morning. Tell your friends, tell your family. Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all places. You can download Green and Growing, uh, this Bucks podcast that Nathan Marzian and myself, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer do. Uh, a couple times each week. Uh, Nathan, any closing comments, or are you good? I don't think I have anything. Oh, look at that. Man, we got it all cleared out in Nathan's brain. All right. Bucks, so, That's all I got to say. Yeah, Bucks play tonight uh, after we're done recording the podcast. So there you go. We'll talk to you again uh, coming up uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. You'll be able to download it with Eric name. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles.